Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. testimony that she experienced at Holy Spirit Weekend. One of the things Pastor Matt had shared um, with at Holy Spirit Weekend was he had his team share a word of knowledge and he described that as God saying I see you and it's really a lot easier to pray sometimes than it is to share. Um, it was one of those things as you know he has his interns line up they were right here and you know they start and going down the um the way and um okay you know if you have a knee um lots of different things and as that's happening i'm thinking to myself okay if if anything what would it be and i have struggled with just being tired not exhausted just tired constantly and um but i thought but it's not that big of a deal. And if there was anything, you know, I think of people that I know who I would love to see healed. Um, yeah, just, I was like, God, I don't, I don't need it. But then as you know, the line went further down and then um, that was one of the words of knowledge was if you're tired and you wake up and you just feel tired. Um, and I obviously didn't notice anything right then, but as time went on, um, I would just go through days and there were still moments when I'd feel tired. I've still had the occasional nap, but it hasn't been this drag down, tired, constant feeling. And it's just been amazing. And even um, some nights of short sleep and then the next day or the next couple of days still being okay. And it's been really awesome. And it's just God saying to me personally, I see you and I love you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Laura. How many people have been enjoying this series on prayer so far? I know I was only here for one, and even that one I didn't preach. You had to listen to it online. So um, it was interesting to preach that one. There was nobody in the room. So first time I've ever done that. Um, but it was a different experience for me. I hope you're enjoying this series as much as I am. But prayer is our greatest privilege. I don't know if you realize that. Prayer is one of our greatest privileges that we have. Do you understand? Here's, I know that we talk about prayer, and we try to get our kids disciplined to prayer. And if we're all honest, most parents, you struggle finding time to pray, even though we tell our kids it's so important to pray. Um, if we're truly honest, we, we talk about it better than we actually do it. And the difficulty with it is, is understanding it's not a must-do. It's a privilege in a sense of you should pray, but it's a privilege that the God of the universe wants to have communication with you. Understand that for a moment. I want you just to think for a minute. Any celebrity, any even in history past or now or any famous preacher who's alive or past, if you could sit and talk with them right now, how many people would classify that as just a huge privilege? Anybody? Like you have a favorite historian or your favorite Bible person or anything that you would love to sit and have lunch with and talk? How many people? Right? Okay, some of you don't. That's okay. The exciting part is this. 
many of us won't, off the top of our heads, list off God. Some of you might say Jesus because he's been in the Bible, like his, he's been here on earth. But many of us aren't like, I'd love to sit down and have lunch with God. Um, first off, it would be the best restaurant ever because the menu is wide open because he just has to speak it and it's there and it's going to be made perfectly and beautifully. And so it would be the best lunch ever. Um, and if you didn't really like it, he would just do it over. It's amazing. And he's just that awesome. But many of us don't think and understand that when we pray, prayer is a dialogue. It's not a monologue. I think so many times some of us think, well, I just have to sit down and pray, so I, 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 this is what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. But we don't realize that God is wanting to communicate with us. And prayer isn't just about us speaking to God. It's about him speaking to us. And so this is such a privilege. I don't know about you, but if I could sit down with some, some of the, like, my favorite people that have ever lived, it would be so amazing to me. But it's hard for me to wrap around my little brain that God wants to talk to me. It's amazing to me. And I know I talked about it in the fall, but, and some of you are probably tired of hearing it, but I hope that you feel the same way. It is such a mind-blowing experience for me that God wants to talk to me. There's many people in this room that probably wish I wouldn't talk, but God does. He wants to sit down and talk with me. And this is the mind-blowing part for me. And some of us, we do it as a duty. And some of us, like, it's just like, check, done, and we walk away. And it's like, God wants to have a friendship with you. God wants to hang out with you. He wants to uh, spend time with you. If you're like, I just wish I had somebody just to, you know, come over and have coffee with me. Do you know I know individuals that they have a special table in their house, they have a chair for them, and there's an empty chair across, and that's where they have their tea and coffee every day. And nobody ever sits in the other chair but Jesus. And some of you might be like, Chad, that's a little weird. But for them, it's an image that when they sit down and have coffee, they sit down and have coffee with Jesus. And so they have a conversation with Jesus. Many of us struggle praying because we can't figure out. I, how many people have ever heard, well, I'm just not a good prayer person? Anybody? Anybody heard that? How many people have said it? I'm just not really good at praying. If you can talk to somebody, like if you were able to walk up to somebody, if you're able to sit down and have coffee with a friend, can I tell you something? You can pray. God's not looking for you to pray to him with, oh, the holy, holy highness. Like he just wants a conversation. I don't know about you, but when I sit down to have coffee with somebody and they start throwing out big words and I have to actually ask them, I'm so sorry, I don't even know what that means. It feels weird for me. God just wants simple conversation. So all you have to do is sit down and talk with them. If you're not sure how to pray, I encourage you, make your favorite cup of tea, have a coffee, have a glass of water, sit down across from a chair and just begin to talk. And some of you are like, no, Chad, there has to be more reverence than that. I understand there's reverence for God, but there's also a part of, if you're not even talking to him, just start having a conversation. And don't worry if you say the wrong thing. He doesn't care. And with him, you can't say the wrong thing. You're talking. How many of you wish that you could just have a great conversation with one of your kids right now? So does God. He just wants to have a great conversation with you. He just wants you to talk to him. just wants you to have time with him. See, Paul, 
Paul was a man who prayed, and he teaches us to pray continuously. Ephesians 6, 18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times, with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need. To do this, you must always be ready and never give up, and always pray for all God's people. There's a lot of alls in there. All kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need, and do this. You must always be ready and never give up in your prayers. Be ready to pray and never give up when you pray. And always pray for all God's people. So here's, I'm just going to rhyme this off real quick. I don't believe it's even in your notes, but there's seven instructions that Rick Warren writes down through this that Paul is actually telling us. And the first one is this. We're going to fly through this part. Um, And seven instructions is this. First one is simply pray in the Spirit. Let God lead you. Sometimes those sporadic thoughts in your head are actually God showing you what to pray about. Sometimes just trust him that if all of a sudden you're praying about something and all of a sudden like somebody else's name pops up, start praying for them. Don't be distracted. Don't rebuke the enemy. It could be God saying, you know, hey, Judy needs some prayer. That's why her name came to your head. Pray for her. You know, and as you're driving down the street and all of a sudden, you know, somebody's name comes to your head and O'Neill and it's like, start praying for O'Neill. He might need some prayer at that very moment. You don't know what's going on. Sometimes those what we think are interruptions is actually God speaking to us. Listen to the impressions that you get. How many people know I've started understanding that that gut feeling I get sometimes? I remember I say to Melissa all the time, I'm starting to realize my gut feeling I think is the Holy Spirit. It's funny how he works in my gut. But it's like that gut feeling of like something doesn't feel right. A lot of times that's the Holy Spirit nudging you saying something's off. Sometimes you know how you're like, It was just easy. It just felt nice. I just kept going. That's the peace of the God. That's just the peace of the Lord walking through you. So just keep going. Number two, pray at all times. There is never a bad time to talk to God. You're not interrupting. You're not going to cause any problems. And it's always a good idea to pray. There's never a bad idea. If you say, I just need to take a minute to pray, and somebody's like, oh, come on. Still take the time. They can wait. It's a good idea to pray. Three, with all kinds of prayer. A prayer for every emotion and situation. Do you realize, if you read through the Psalms, realize there's complaining in the Psalms. There's crying out. There's comforting. There's confessing. There's uh, clarifying. And there's celebrating. Every emotion. God's not worried about your emotions. He gave them to you. Share them with him. He already knows. So just express them. Four, about everything. Pray about everything. Do you realize there is no subject in your life that is off limits? You can pray about anything. And God is there to listen. You know, have you ever had this situation where like, oh, I really need to talk to somebody. I just don't know who to talk about about this. God, he'll listen. Nothing's off limits with him. Always be ready. It actually requires a plan. When we pray, set things up. And we're going to walk through that today of how to pray continuously through the day and a plan to do that. But also, be ready. I believe as we spend time with God, he'll walk you through things. He will give you steps. If you have a big idea, but you're like, I'm not sure how to get there, God will lay it out for you step by step. And never give up. Never stop praying. Never stop praying. Do you realize how many times you're like, well, God answered me on the last time I prayed. Do you realize, you know how many people have heard the saying, well, it's always the last person you ask that you finally find out. Well, that's because you found out. I mean, like, it's, we did this at our, on our missions trip. There was a key to lock the room, and the guys always would joke, and they're like, 
man, it's always like the last person I ask that has the key. And it's like, well, because once you have the key, you're not going to ask somebody else. It's always the last person. Whether it was the first person or the third person, it's always the last person you ask that has the key. And so guess what? God will answer your prayer. You just need to keep praying. And he will answer it in his time, which, if we're all honest, isn't always our time. We wish his clock would set the same as ours, um, which is usually a 30-second clock. Um, But he will answer your prayer, and he will lead you. Pray for all people. This is the hard one. Pray for all people, for everybody. So if you look through this room, you're supposed to pray for everybody. And just so you're aware, as we're going to step farther into this today about praying throughout the day and praying continuously, to pray for everybody, we can't do that in two minutes. And so we need to expand our prayer life. And if you pray for everybody right before you eat, nobody's going to like you. (laughs) Just being honest. Food's going to be cold. Everybody's going to be hungry. That's not when you pray for everybody. Amen. So how do we do this? How do we set up a time that we, we pray, we pray continuously? How many people know that the Bible tells us to pray continuously? How many people are aware of this? Okay. How many people struggle with this? Right? This is a challenge. This is the, what do you mean pray continuously? I mean all the time. That's what it means. And but now here's the fun part. We already talked about it at the beginning. When we pray What is it? Is it a monologue? It's a dialogue. So guess what that means when the Bible tells us to pray continuously? That means God wants to talk to you continuously. Continuously. I don't know about you, but that, again, blows my mind. This is where part of the Bible has to make you go, whoa. Realizing It's not just about you praying, like, oh, I'm supposed to pray continuously. No, God wants to talk to you all the time, continuously. And he's not, like, he's not the child that's like, mommy, 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 mommy. He wants to talk to you. I know some of you are like, I just want peace and quiet. It's not like that with God. You want to spend time with him. You want him speaking to you. So how do we do this? We have to develop two habits. The first one is keep a running conversation with God. Don't end it. How many people know that you are breathing right now? (laughs) A few people are like, yeah, I'll raise my hand to that when I realize I'm breathing. How many of you, and there might be a couple of you in the room, so I'm not trying to pinpoint you out, so you don't have to raise your hand for this, but majority, I'll say it this way, majority of you are not putting any effort into that. Right? Majority of us in this room, we're just breathing. We're not thinking about it. Our body's just naturally breathing. Some of you You know, not at this moment. It's always funny. I can see through the room and see everybody. None of you is breathing, like, relaxingly. In other words, nobody's sleeping at the moment. It's wonderful. Um, But we just breathe naturally. We don't think about it. What if I told you that we can get to a point in our prayer life where you don't even realize you're praying? It becomes so natural. It becomes so natural in your body and in your spirit that you're just constantly talking to God. You're really not even putting an effort into it. And then you don't even realize, like, all of a sudden you make a decision and somebody goes, well, how how did you know to make that decision? Oh, I was actually praying about it. And that you're constantly just talking to God. It is possible to do this. We just have to start with little habits. And with practice, we get good at it. 
And so we're going to set up some things this, today that I'm hoping that you're actually going to take with you this week and begin to do this. Because if you believe prayer is important, I believe that through this today, what we walk through and talk through today, if you actually apply it to your life, apply it this week, it will change your prayer life. I'm encouraging you today, take notes and actually apply this to your life. It will change. I truly believe that today. Ephesians 6, 8 says this, Pray on every occasion as the Spirit leads. As the Spirit leads you, pray. Every occasion. Occasion can talk to God anywhere about anything all the time. Where the Spirit leads you, when you get an impression, an idea, pray about it. If you say, I don't feel like praying, it means you're actually not praying about how you feel. Your feelings you should pray about because how many people know that our feelings can lead us astray? And so you should pray about how you feel because just because you feel it, it doesn't mean it's right. This morning, standing over here, I'll be completely transparent. I had to take a minute and I had to pray over all my own mind just because I observed something this morning and the enemy was messing with me. And I'm like, I know this isn't right. I know I shouldn't feel this right. So I literally had to lay my hands on my own head over here and pray before I came up here because the enemy was just taking one little thing that happened and was just running wild with it. And I'm like, no, that feeling isn't right. And so you take control over it by just praying about it. Just because I feel it doesn't mean it's right. How many people know if you're led just purely by your feelings, you were going down a wrong road, right? So pray about your feelings. Identify them as we talked about. God understands them, but pray about them so he can help sort through them. First Thessalonians 5, 17 says, never stop praying, pray at all times. So how do we do this? Number two, we schedule prayer times throughout the day. For a thousand years, the Jews prayed at set times, fixed hours. We know this because Daniel knelt three times a day to pray. This is how they set him up. They knew he was going to do it. Roman cities, uh, they had the bell in a um, form that rang six times a day just so people knew it was time to pray. And soon Christians started using bells to pray at times as well. Do you know that monks, they put bells in monasteries so that they developed a prayer time as well. Here is the crazy thing. In the 400s, the monks invented the first mechanical device to ring the bell. They probably just figured out, all right, something else can do this. And they developed a, a mechanical system that would ring the bell. The Latin word they use for bell is clock. Clocks were created to remind us to pray. That's why they made clocks. So every time that we tell you, this was new for me, so now I actually feel even more spiritual when I tell you to put it in your calendar and let it alert you, because this is what a clock was made for. Isn't it neat to find out, like when we think, oh, it's actually unspiritual, this is why they made it. They designed a clock so people knew, stop and pray. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to set up times and we're going to pray. Psalms 119, 60, 164 says this, seven times a day I praise you. How many people know your life will look different if you took seven times a day just to praise God? Just to pause, not to pray, not to ask for things, just to worship him and just sing as we just sang, God, you're so good to me. You're so good to me. If you did that seven times a day, how many people know at the end of the day your day would look that different, right? This is what we're talking about, just shifting the way we think. Today, I'm going to share with you a simple format that Rick Warren writes, and he created this based on the seven phrases of the Lord's Prayer. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk through the Lord's Prayer, phrase by phrase. 
So the first thing you do is when you get, wake up, get up with gratitude. You start your day with thanksgiving. No grumbling, thanksgiving. The doctors say the healthiest human emotion is gratitude. And we actually talked about this in the fall, if you remember. We talked about one of the only things that you can shift in your life is your gratitude in your heart. And by doing that, by shifting that, you actually will change how happy you are. And so, again, we start our morning off with praise and with thanksgiving. We start with worship. So if you wake up to an alarm clock, put worship in it. If you have a CD player, if if it's your phone, Connect it to Spotify. Find our Bethel Stratford playlist, and you can listen to the songs that we worship to. So if some of you are like, well, I don't know all the songs, listen to it. You'll wake up listening to it. You'll know what the songs are. You'll praise the Lord during the day. Have worship playing throughout your house, throughout the whole day. Let it play in your car. Covering yourself with worship is just going to shift your whole day. 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, what do we have that God did not give you? Everything is a gift from God, and if it's given to you, you can, can, how can you brag about it? How can you brag about it if God has given everything to you? It's amazing. Just focus on him. Start your day focusing on the goodness of God. Matthew 6, 8 to 9 says this. You are, Jesus said, your father knows what you need before you even ask. So then this is how you should pray, our father in heaven. So thank him because he's caring, consistent, close, and capable. And James reminds us in James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect present comes from the Father of light in heaven. So the first thing out of bed, we thank God. We give him praise and we thank him for what he does in our heart and what he says to us and how he moves in our lives. We give him praise. Thank God for all of the blessings in your life before you start the day. I know some of you are like, well, I just have to get out of bed right away. No, just take a minute and begin just to thank him. Before you even get out, just thank him for the fact the bed's warm. Thank him for the fact the bed's comfortable. Thank him for the fact that you have a warm house. Thank him for the fact that you're about to go use running water. Thank him for the fact that your toilet flushes. Like, I know these are small things, but I just came back from the Dominican. Praise Jesus. There's certain things. Like, thank you that there's hot water in Jesus' name. There's certain things to be thankful for. And then when you're ready to eat, bless God's name at breakfast. Praise him. To bless and honor is to give respect, admiration. Matthew 6, verse 9 says this. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Our Father, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. Give him honor. Give him respect. Praise who he is. See, in the Bible, God's name is praised about 80 times, just in Psalms. Just in Psalms alone. And the big deal is, in the Bible, your name is who you are. Understand that when they named people, it was about who they were, about their character. They spoke it into them. I think it's funny because um, Esau, his name actually meant hairy man. Right? Like, that's, and Matt, Pastor Matt said it, but imagine what that baby looked like to name it hairy man. Your baby looks so cute. It's a little fuzzball. But in the Bible, they name people by, for the meaning. I don't know about you, but 
I love meanings of names. And in the second service, we're actually going to do a couple baby dedications. And so I love the meaning of names. And as we went to name our kids, I was looking at names last night. And Miles, he saw me searching names. He's like, Dad, why are you looking at baby names? I'm like, for your baby brother. And I'm like, he's like, what? I'm like, I'm just messing with you, buddy. <laughs> it's my parenting. I, I'm not saying it's a good skill. But um, it, it threw him right off for a second. I quickly clarified. As I'm clarifying with all of you, it was a joke. Um, but he had me look up his name. He's like, that was my name. And like, Michael is who is like the Lord. And Miles is, uh, I think it's gr- or gracious like the Lord. And so it's like, who is like the Lord with graciousness like the Lord? And I just told him like, this is what it means. And this is why we picked it. And this is what we, and so it's just important. But the Bible talks about God. And this is why we worship who he is because of who his name is. And how many people realize your name carries weight? Right? A lot of times we don't think about it, but we will think about it in a negative context. I know there's a lot of business people in the room right now, and you know that if you hear somebody's name, you won't do business with them because of the reputation that comes with their name. And as Christians, we want the the name Christian is Christ-like. That's why they got it. We look and act like Christ. We are Christians. And so... When people know we're Christians, does that carry what it's supposed to mean? Do we look and act like Jesus? But Jesus, God's name is mentioned so many times in the Bible. The Bible reveals a thousand, or sorry, not a thousand, that's a lot, a hundred titles and names for God. There's a hundred. And in your notes, you'll see um, that there's just a few that are listed, that we uh, listed here. It says, God says, I am Abba. I am your loving Father. Eldahai, I'm going to mess these up just so you're aware. I'm your God who knows you and knows everything. Jehovah Rapha, I'm your God who heals you. El Shaddai, I'm mighty God with all power that you need. Jehovah Jireh, I'm your provider. Jehovah Shalom, I am your peace. I encourage you this week, take time, look through the Bible, find the rest of his names and write them down and their promises to, who you, uh, to you of who he is. And you're able to declare this because this is who he is. And it's a promise to you. Psalms 9, 10 says this, those who know your name trust in you. David declares, God, those who know your name trust in you. For you, Lord, have never abandoned those who truly seek you. If you're truly seeking him, he will stay with you. He will walk with you. This is the promises of God. So that as you start your day and you're about mid-morning, take a brief coffee break. Everybody likes a coffee break. Take a coffee break about mid-morning and remember what matters most and begin to ask God, your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as in heaven. Because how many people know that once you start working, once you start getting going, you can get distracted. Anybody else get distracted with the busyness of the world, the distractions of our day? And sometimes we forget what our priorities are. And when I say that, I don't understand that at work we have our priorities that we have to get done. But God still comes number one. And so we lose our focus. And if we ask God, your kingdom come, your will be done, and we dedicate our lives to him, he will help realign us to his purpose and his plans for our lives. And you'll be surprised how much easier work becomes, how much smoother it becomes by asking him, Father, Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is it today that you want done? Don't think that God doesn't care about your job. He actually cares about your job. And he wants to bless you through it. And so he's going to walk with you and take you through the day. 
sorry, we're talking about coffee break. We want his agenda in our day. I don't know about you. I honestly, I don't want my agenda every day. My agenda gets messed up. But I want God's agenda. I want him to guide me and lead me every step of the day. Now, finally, it's lunchtime. Number four, list my needs at lunch. At that time, you may be having lunch. You may be having a sandwich. You may be having a sub. You may be having a wrap. You may be having tofu. I don't know. You may be having anything that you're having for lunch. And then you ask the Lord, Matthew 6, 11, give us today our daily bread. Bread represents in the Bible everything that we need to live, not just bread. It represents everything you need. It talks about our peace. It talks about our finances. It talks about everything that we require in life. This is the moment. Take a moment at lunchtime just to say, God, here's what I need. These are my needs for today. Realize we haven't asked for anything to this moment. The only thing we've been doing is praising him and trying to get ourselves aligned with him. Now we're saying, God, here's what I require. Can you help me out? John 14, 13 says, and Jesus says this, you can ask for anything in my name. Ask for anything. Anything in his name and he will give it to you. And at this moment too, we are going to ask what other people need to. Remember we talked about praying for others? Now you're going to pray for others at lunch. You have a lunch break. Enjoy your lunch. But as you're eating lunch, begin to pray for others. Begin to know the people around you. Begin to pray for them. Begin to intercede for them. First um, Samuel 12, 23 says this. I'd be sinning against God if I failed to pray for you. I'd be sinning against God if I failed to pray for you. So pray for one another. Pray for other people. Not just give me our daily bread. If you look at the verse, it actually says give us. Give us. Not just give me. Give us our daily bread. 2 Peter 1.3 says, Jesus has the power of God by which he gives us everything we need to live and to serve God. We have these things because we know him. The Father will look after his children. And sometime by noon now, it's by noon, and we're already, how many people sometimes by lunch are already stressed out? Anybody? A few people? A few people too stressed? You're stressed out. And so Philippians 4 says this, and hang on to this every day. This is something you might want to write on your mirror, post on your desk. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God with which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you list your needs at lunch and go back to work more peacefully, if you get it off your chest, get it off your chest, give it to God, and you'll actually go back to work a little more peacefully. Now we're working into the afternoon, and how too many people know that by the time you get to afternoon and you're dealing with everybody, by that second coffee break in the afternoon, you're probably at the point that I'm at, and I understand my, most of my staff is in the room at the moment, but you're still probably at the point where I'm at, and you need to ask for forgiveness. You need to say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us, because how many people know that sometimes as you work around people and you interact with people as you drive on the road and somebody cuts you off, that your thoughts might not be, Lord, bless them. Right? few people in the room are confessing. It's okay. We're all there. 
And so all of a sudden, mid-afternoon, take a moment and be like, Lord, you know what? Kind of made some mistakes today. Kind of thought the wrong things. Might not have said them, but Lord, you know my thoughts, so therefore I basically did it. And so, Father, forgive me. Confess our sins. Share them with God. And see, here's the thing. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. So take a moment to release other people. Forgive other people. Give them to the Lord. Say, God, I just pray that you just forgive. As I ask for forgiveness, help me to forgive so-and-so for this and this and this. And, Father, just help me because, Lord, I don't get it right. So, therefore, help me to forgive others that don't. Because how many people know that we need to own our own stuff? i got to own my own reactions. I know before, how many people have ever said to somebody, well, if they didn't do this, I wouldn't have responded that way. Right? I know you've never said that. People said it to you, right? Like, if you didn't do this, I wouldn't have said this. But realizing that we are responsible for our own reactions. I'm responsible for my own reactions. Whatever you say, whatever you do, my reactions are still my fault. And so I admit my sins, and I forgive others who have frustrated me, and I give it over to the Lord. Psalms uh, 32.5 says, I confess my sins to you, and I didn't try to hide them. When you forgave me, and now all my guilt is gone. When you've asked God to forgive you, forgive yourself. Know that the guilt should be gone because he's forgiven you. Now, after work, we're headed home. We're on our drive home, and some of us know that when you get home, I just want you to know this, studies have been done, that 90% of arguments happen one hour before dinner. How many people know that that just means you've been hangry? (laughs) You get home from work and you're hangry and you just need some food and a fight happens. And so therefore, Matthew 6.13 says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We ask God, number six, ask God to help you make wise decisions. And I love the bottom part. Oh, he doesn't have it up on the screen. And to protect me from making dumb decisions. How many people know you need both of those? Help me to make wise ones and protect me from being an idiot. Right? Not so many hands on that, but if I ask your spouse, no, but how many people can confess? I can be an idiot. Not me. Confess for yourselves. I get a lot of hands on that one. (laughs) I see that I walked through that. It's okay. I appreciate that. Um... That was great. It's good to be home. But how many people know that most of our temptations, most of the negative parts of our lives, happen in the evening when you're at home? Right? When we're by ourselves, some of us, temptation's different at night. Some of us, it can be the TV. Some of us, it can be the internet. Some of us, it can be the fridge. It can be so many different things. But there's just temptation in our lives. And we ask God, Father, as we're driving home, Lord, protect me from everything. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. And he will give us a way out. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, Remember that temptations that come into your life are no different from what others experience. Realize that. You're not alone. That's the other thing the enemy likes to do, seclude you. You're not alone. You are the same as all of us. We all experience it. And God is faithful. He will keep the temptations from becoming so strong that you can't stand up against it. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you will not give in to it. 
there's two things about that verse that I really like. One, he always gives me a way out. Uh, two, he'll never let it overwhelm me. Now, the flip side of that is, if he'll never let it overwhelm me and he'll always give me a way out, that also means that when I give in, I've made a choice. And I don't know about you, but when you give in to temptation, the sad thing is, is once you ask for forgiveness, if you want to take the next step, ask God, God, where was the way out? And most of us don't even have to ask. You already know. Because it's the pivotal point for us to go, I'm going to step this way or I'm going to step this way. And in most times we make that decision. And it's the hardest part for us. But if you pray ahead of time, also set up safeguards in our lives. Set up um, filters on your computers. Put blockers on your computers. Put filters on your TVs. So many smart TVs now won't play things with certain ratings. If you're not sure how to do that, talk to me. I can help with how you set up your TVs. Look in the manual. It's quick to set up. There's usually a four-digit passcode. My encouragement to you is share the passcode. You have two numbers, and somebody else that lives in your house has two numbers. And so you actually can't watch something without the other person knowing. It's a great way to lock it down, and it's a great way to protect yourself. Well, Chad, doesn't it seem silly if I need to do that? No, it seems silly if you don't. Well, I'm strong enough not to do that until you're not. I don't know about you, but I don't want to ever think about, oh, man, if I would have put my seatbelt on after, before this car crash, it would have really helped. I put my seatbelt on not anticipating a car crash. I put it on in case I have one. At the end of the day, we end the day with encouraging truth. Matthew, at the end of the prayer, says this, For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Remember this. Because it's his kingdom, and he has the power, and he has the glory, then remember this. God is in control. Even when things seem out of control, God is still in control. It is not the end of the story. If you're in it and it seems troubling and seems messed up, you're alive. The story's not over. The story's not over. And every one of us enjoys a good underdog story. And so the story is not over. And this, God and his family, and you're a part of that. God and his family win in the end. Hang on to that promise. We win. And that will help you sleep. Do you know in the midst of it, this is why I want just, God is always in control. I found this out when I dislocated my ankle and it popped as far out as it could without ripping through the skin. The doctor said to me when, he, when I came into the emergency room, he said, oh, he goes, you are so lucky. He goes, if, I have really big calves. And he's like, if you didn't have such a big calf, that would have ripped right through your leg and we would have had so many other problems. But he goes, you were protected by it not coming through. And I thought, even in the midst of it, some people were like, well, why didn't God stop all of it? There was a personal journey that I had to walk through that was my, my own. But in it, even to get my attention, he still protected me. And so in it, he will still protect you. He's still in control. Now, you have this format. You have this understanding how to pray throughout the day. Now, here's the great thing for me. It's yours. Now it's up to you what you're going to do with it. I encourage you this week, take time and walk through this. Set your phone. Don't make an excuse. Most of us have this excuse. I don't have time to pause and pray. If that is true, then can I challenge you on something? You're too busy. Rearrange your calendar. Put this in your calendar before anything else. And when the phone goes off, remember, clocks were made to remind us to pray. 
And Proverbs 10.27 says this, reverence for God adds hours to the day. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. You want to get more things done, spend time with God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you've given us something this simple, just this knowledge to walk through this prayer, to walk through this day. And so, Father, I pray that you help us set up this pattern in our schedules and to begin to walk closer with you so that we know your heart. Show us what your plan is for our lives. And, Lord, help us to do this together and find someone to help us in this journey. Lord, pray that even now people will begin to understand we need to reach out to each other and walk and journey with each other. And so, Father God, I pray that right now you begin to place people on people's hearts to journey with. That, Lord, they can even hold them accountable. Hey, did you pray today? And so, Father, help us to journey with you. And give us the wisdom to set this up in our hearts. Amen. There's two things. There's two things that we need to take away from today's sermon. Number one, and he said it right at the beginning. Uh, and, and I thought it was, it was so key to everything that we've been hearing about in prayer. But he said to us early on in the, uh, uh, his sermon, it was part of his interest, that God wants to talk to me. I think that was huge today. I think every one of us here in this room needed to hear that God wants to talk to me. Not us just talking to him, going through the motions. And he talked about that prayer is, is a dialogue and not just some a monologue. And I think the second thing is this. You need to take this sheet of paper home. And you need to reference throughout the day. We've been given some practical tips on how to continue on with that dialogue. Be in the place where God wants to speak to us. So that, that's huge today. Hope you enjoyed the sermon. Hope you enjoyed everything that's going on. Let's pray, and uh, God bless you, and enjoy the day. Thank you, Father, for the, the equipping that we've had today. Thank you for the teaching today. Thank you for the way that you've opened up the door. Help us to understand that you want to talk to us, and that you want to have a conversation with us, and you, and you want to guide us throughout the day. And so, Father, I thank you for everyone that's present. I pray, Father, that that will become a reality, that they will get that word picture today of you sitting across from them at the table and talking to them. And may they take home this sheet of paper and use it in, in a very practical way. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast that's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.